Welcome to the Solo Venture Podcast, wherever you're listening to or watching this. If you could do us a huge favor and hit that subscribe or follow button, we'll work tirelessly to make the show better and expand production as we want to share the best info and best experiences to inspire your journey to solopreneurship. That is the only favor we'll ever ask of you. Thanks for your time. Now back to the show. You are a neurotransformation and business coach, um, and you are director of the Hayes Wellness Clinic, um, helping people find their true purpose and how and how they them living outside of this um, can make them sick. Um, and you've had personal experience through severe chronic illness that lasted twelve months, um, so it's very close to home for you. Um, but yeah. Do you want to just walk us through what it means to be a neurotransformation um, and business coach? Yeah, sure. So neurotransformation is actually a term I kind of coined because people were getting very confused when I was calling myself a neuroplasticity practitioner. <laughs> people were kind Quite. of like, what the hell is that? So um, <laughs> are we recording, by the way? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Are we are. Sorry, yeah, we are. I didn't realize it wouldn't be the first that time. That is part of it, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. So, um, so yeah, I'm a neurotransformation coach. Uh, a name I kind of coined myself, but basically, um, the idea is that basically we can the the brain can change, and there used to be this idea that the brain was fixed and our neural pathways were fixed, and recent studies have shown that's just not true. And my role really is to help people uncover that those new pathways in their brains and retrain their brains to become a different person a new person one that aligns with their life vision one that aligns with their business goals and dreams but also one that is closer to the truth of who they really are so it's really about retraining the brain rewiring the neural pathways and helping people transform into the greatest version of themselves in a nutshell <laughs> that's one of the most impressive intros we've had <laughs> yeah i think so yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's cool there's there's lots to there's lots to um un, i'm gonna say unpack and you can yeah. tell anyone who listens to a lot of podcasts is gonna be like yeah, yeah this guy we all obviously <laughs> listen to a lot of podcasts so yes yeah. there's a lot to unpack there um talk talk us through the i mean the what you're saying it is which is it's the rewiring of the brain how uh, without this becoming a bit of a consulting session, like how do you re rewire the brain? Yeah, sure. So um, what you really need to understand is that there's two parts of the brain that we need to, to think about when it comes to rewiring the brain. There's the conscious mind and then the subconscious mind. Now for pretty much, well, everyone on the planet, the subconscious mind runs what we do on the day-to-day. -day. It's formed when we were under seven years old, um, when we didn't really have that prefrontal activity that was before um, our form before our formative years, we didn't have that. So really, all the beliefs and limiting beliefs that you run your life on are run by the subconscious mind. And brain retraining helps us to dive back into that subconscious mind, rewire those neural pathways through. Um, well, I'll go into some techniques in a minute, but effectively helping you to level up and to align that subconscious mind with what you consciously want. Uh, I hope that's not too confusing as a starting place, but the way that we access the subconscious mind is through things like hypnosis, um, meditative states. It's anything that gets your brain into a slower brainwave pattern. So something okay. that we call alpha brainwave pattern, and that's mm -hmm. effectively open the door, opening the door to that subconscious mind. 
when you do that, you can start to create those shifts and start to reprogram those thoughts and beliefs that you have about yourself. So for example, I might have grown up with a belief that it's incredibly difficult to earn money or that I have to work really hard to earn money or that money is just not something that comes easily to me because I grew up in a, in a household that didn't have that. But by retraining the thoughts and beliefs when we're in that kind of meditative state, in that subconscious state, we're able to effectively rewire those thoughts to something more positive, such as money comes easily to me, or I'm actually really good with money, that I can find evidence of lots of people around me that have money. So that's just a couple of examples of how to do it. But yeah, it's all about getting into that slower brainwave state so we can reprogram our limiting beliefs to align more with what we want and the vision that we want for ourselves. Understood. Awesome. So it's putting your putting your brain in a more receptive state to these affirmations of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. And um you know, that's just one side of it. There's also lots we can do consciously. We can interrupt our brain, our brain's habitual patterns. So if we see ourselves doing something that isn't aligned with the life that we want, we can create an interruption. That's called pattern interrupt. So we could effectively say, let's say I had, um, I had woken up and I decided that, you know what, I'm just going to not do the things I need to do today. But you recognize that thought, you would interrupt it with a, a gesture such as stop or change. And then you would effectively rewire that thought to the opposite behavior, thought or belief. So then you would effectively get up and do the thing. And it's not that easy, because it does take a lot of practice. You, it is something that you have to train yourself to do. But it's all about consistency. If you can, when you start to see the results happening after a couple of weeks, it becomes quite addictive. So you're kind of like, okay, if the thoughts come up, I can change that, I can rewire that. So it is conscious mm. as well, but the 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 deeper work from the kind of childhood beliefs that we grow up with comes from accessing the subconscious mind. So, yeah, amazing awesome. is yeah. is so it in. I'm going to share it like uh, an anecdote, and I'm I'm curious to know if this falls into the conscious side. Um, in various sports I've played in, I've when I was younger, I would get very frustrated if I did something wrong or I missed something or, you, you know, and I, I learned from a fellow teammate when I was playing team sports that he had a, he had like a ritual that if he like fucked up, um, instead of getting like super frustrated or angry, he did had like a physical, he would do this. So he would like touch. So for anyone who can't see on YouTube and who's listening, but he would touch his thumb to his little finger his um ring finger etc all the way up and then all the way back down you just it was like a physical ritual is is yeah. that related to what you're talking about on the conscious side of things yeah exactly so um yeah exactly it's just that's pattern interrupt so he's inter was interrupting right. that pattern and changing his thought process so rather than the association being oh he fucked up and something you know that that means that oh i'm a bad person i'm I'm not worthy, I, I should have done better, then he's interrupting that thought with a different association with, okay, something that's perhaps he's doing to calm himself down or make him present again. And then the brain's association with what he deems as failure is not going into this kind of self-berating um, inner talk of, I'm not good enough, why didn't I do that? Yeah. He's interrupting that with that gesture. So yeah, that's a powerful way to do that. Um, cool. And interestingly, Talking about um, being an athlete or being in sport, um, one of the most powerful tools that athletes use is 
visualization prior to a game, prior to, you know, so many examples of that out there where famous boxers or famous um, footballers, whoever, would get into a meditative state and visualize them making the shot, you know, knock, knocking the guy out, <laughs> whatever it is. And that's the same thing, but on the subconscious level. So, yeah, it's um, both powerful tools that are really great to rewire the brain. That's really cool. Oh, I wish we'd set like two hours for this podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> so many questions. I'll have to come back we and do another one. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So what uh what kind of led you to this? What got you all started in this? Uh like your kind of your path from you don't have to go all the way back to childhood, but just kind of what <laughs> drove you to get to kind of where you're at now. Yeah, I'll try and keep it succinct because a lot happened in a short <laughs> amount of time. But sure. um I won't touch upon my childhood, but I will say that I have always been a workaholic and very, very prone to burnout, um, but without even knowing it. Running on high adrenaline, um, basically just I would get up at the gym. I was I was a personal trainer. I'd get up at 4 a.m., train my personal training clients. Then I'd go to my full-time role as a creative and strategy director at a uh, media agency, work there all day, go home, go to the gym myself, go out with friends, party, do it again. I was mm -hmm. basically, it was a recipe for disaster, which is leading me to what happened. <laughs> but basically, I was working in a job that I wasn't fulfilled in um, as a creative and strategy director. And not only was that really um, contributing to my burnout, but all the intensity of the work that I was doing as well. I got sick. I got um, a couple of viruses and my body just couldn't recover because I was under so much chronic stress. And what I thought was going to be two weeks of healing turned into a year and I wasn't able to get out of bed for two or three months straight. Um, and then beyond that, I had to learn to walk again for more than two minutes. I couldn't walk for more than two minutes. Yeah, it was a complete overhaul of my life. And it, I ended up having to move back to my parents at the time, leaving my friends in London, my job. And... I always was a bit of a science nerd, so I um, I knew that there was something there was something going on beyond a virus because I would do things like go for a walk and then I would get all these crazy neurological symptoms, like my vision would go blurry and I might um, get tingles up and down my arms. I just think, what the hell is going on? This is really scary. But there was no tests coming back from the doctors that were suggesting anything was wrong. So I knew that I had a maladapted. Um, stress response um, or maladapted limbic system in the brain. So I basically trained, retrained my brain to heal. And what was deemed as an incurable chronic illness by the doctor, I healed myself through retraining my brain to effectively believe that I was healthy and well, even though I wasn't. So I would get into these deep meditative states um, and visualize myself as someone that was fully healthy, visualize myself as someone that was um, you know, not experiencing these symptoms and interrupting every time I thought I had a symptom with, no, this is this is not going to be forever. This is just a, a neurological response. It's nothing to worry about. And over time, my body began to heal. So that's in a nutshell how I got into brain retraining. But on the other side of it, um, there is the, the finding your true purpose side. And a lot of my internal stress was coming from not knowing the um, my true path and what, what I was supposed to be doing in life and when I fell into coaching which is what I do now I realized that that was my true purpose and I opened my um, 
my online clinic and my wellness store. And now I'm helping other people to find theirs and help them rewire their brain to believe they can do it. So yeah, that's a long-winded way of (laughs) saying it, but it's a lot to fit in. (laughs) Thanks for sharing. I appreciate that. I know that's probably you know, end up having to tell that story a lot. It probably doesn't bring up, you know, very, (laughs) very good memories. But like, I'm just thinking about all that, you know, not to trudge it all up, but just, you know, being such a high achiever, getting to the gym and then going to work and and then probably using every spare minute of your day. And I I had the same patterns for a while. I was work, Mm. work, work. And then when I wasn't working, I'm like, I need to go out and do something social. So I work all day, drink all night, work all day. So when you got, um, when everything just shut down, it must have been not only because of the, the health and just how you felt physically, but just mentally going from what you knew you were doing and how much you were accomplishing down to like kind of just feeling trapped. And that, that must have just been super stressful, like, like a double double down on the depressive part of it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, I'm sure you have a lot of high achieving people listening to your podcast. And it's when you base your whole identity on the work that you do and mm-hmm. the productivity that you um, achieve when you all of that's taken away from you you're kind of left with well nothing and what do you stand for outside of all of that and that was very um it was very eye-opening for me I didn't really know who I was without work I didn't really know who Mm. I was without the achievements behind me and the accolades of oh I've won this campaign and oh I've done this so it was very humbling very humbling and I think that it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it led me to my true purpose and I know that a lot of your audience are obviously working freelance and probably within that already but if you're not it's a really I I wouldn't suggest doing it that way (laughs) but it's really important to seek that truth within yourself because it can in turn make you sick if you're going through that chronic stress of being in the wrong place. How did the process of discovering that purpose go so after you, you've been through that period that 12 months period mm-hmm. um did you just kind of think coaching or like what was there some influence there how, how did that look yeah so i have because i was kind of holistic health coaching as a pt anyway it was something i was always passionate about and science and wellness was always my true passion um so i knew there was something there that i'd been ignoring the niggle of but it really kind of went if I'm honest, it went going really back down to the core of who I was in terms of what values do I want to stand for as an actual human being. So for me, I knew I wanted to be someone that lived a life of balance. I knew I wanted to um, be courageous and um, feel empowered in everything that I do and lead as well. And when I looked at the work I was doing, it was ticking some of the boxes. Creative strategy, directing was leading it to some extent but the balance wasn't there. The authenticity wasn't there because I wasn't being authentic in the work I was doing. So once I kind of came back to those core values of what I stand for as a human being, coaching was naturally just came forward to me because I was thinking, how can I help people with what I've learned, but also fully enjoy it at the same time? And it just kind of, I think it just comes to you. (laughs) I think it just comes to you. If you know what you stand for, it's a lot easier to see what is aligned yeah i really love the use of when you said like like niggling at you like yeah. I, I love that, <laughs> that because it's it it the it that is a really good way to describe that feeling like it's an underlying like mm, yeah i feel like yeah like that's um appealing right 
And then I'm, exactly. as you said, things just kind of fell into place in terms of like, ah, okay, yes, it has all of these things that I care care for in terms of values. Mm. I think intuitively we do actually know why we're here and what we're here to do. I think everyone has a purpose, a sole purpose, um, and you might not want to call it that. It can just be a gut feeling. It doesn't have to be spiritual per se. But I think the problem is in our society is we don't make the time to listen because we're running on adrenaline most of the time and we are in these high pressure jobs or you know if we're freelancing then we're constantly thinking about what's next when's the next you know when's the next client etc and we rarely make time for us to actually make space and figure out okay is this actually aligned with what I want and the lifestyle I want as well and chronic illness for, forced me to do that because I had no no other option <laughs> but if you can avoid the illness part and just do it anyway that's that's the better route in my opinion <laughs> yeah now that's that's super interesting because um and again like you know I know with terrible things like this happen um in your case it does sound like it probably was one of the best things that happened to you because it kind of gave you that hard reset sure. a little bit younger yeah. i'm 43 now and it's just in the last couple of years in my late 30s or actually early 40s like i was i was doing everything that you're describing uh, and i still do i still work too much but i was doing the whole i if i can't i can't relax i can't just sit and do nothing not really even sure that I'm happy with what I'm doing. I'm always working on somebody else's to-do list. I'm not really helping anybody. I'm not getting fulfillment. Obviously, we all have to make money some way. So, you know, having income come in is important for for mental health too. But I would quiet mm -hmm. my brain. I would just go to the bar and that would quiet my mind. And, and that would just kind of keep rolling over. And it took me... It took me a really long time. It took me, you know, what they, what's that quote? Like um, the nightmare is when your you know, younger self meets your older self and the older self, you know, hasn't become what you want it to become. And I, I was stuck in that like stupid hamster wheel. So again, sorry to hear you had to go through all that, but to be honest with you, I, you know, not that I would want to have to do, del deal with what you dealt with, but I wish I'd had a harder reset a lot earlier because it took me about 20 years to get where I am now. So, so kudos to you for all that. Yeah. You know, it's actually can feel like a blessing in disguise. And the funny thing was, and I know this sounds really weird <laughs> and really messed up, but I remember thinking to myself, I kind of wish something would just come along and take me off my feet because I know that, that I was having this niggle of you need to work in wellness, you need to work in wellness. And I was ignoring it because I was thinking the money I earn is good. I need to stay in a stable job. I don't want to start over. And I remember thinking, oh, I kind of wish something would just take me off my feet and knock me out. So I I had no choice. And then it did. <laughs> so careful what you wish for as well. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad I am really glad that it happened and um it's definitely been a blessing in disguise that's for sure that shows um i don't want to say aptitude it shows a um that's quite a, like it's quite a strong storytelling element to be able to look back at that or it be in the process and think well there needs to be a rock bottom moment here yeah you know like that it's quite yeah quite a yeah storytelling um aspect definitely the funny thing is, though, that what I do with my clients now is my, one of my biggest messages is to people, you don't have to wait for a rock bottom to change your life, because I think a lot of us do. We wait for the breakup. We wait for the chronic illness or worse disease, you know, uh, anything, you know, big things that happen to us for us to really take stock of our lives and go, hold on, am I actually doing what I want to do? 
And my message to my clients is really don't wait because it will come if you don't, because really, you know, not living your truth creates chronic stress on the body. Chronic stress creates disease. So for me, it's a big part of my work is to stop people getting to that stage. And that's why I don't work with people with chronic illness, because initially I was going to my mission is actually to stop people getting sick in the first place by living their truth. So that's why I chose the route of people either in the wrong jobs or starting their careers as entrepreneurs, but are feeling really unbelieving that they can do it and want to quit. So, yeah. That's, that's wicked and a very good timing because I'd love to explore a little bit more about who you're working with. I know you mentioned, um, correct me if I'm wrong, female creative entrepreneurs. Is that, is that the case? Yeah. And yeah, please, please share a little bit more about that. Yeah, sure. So I, I by accident have seemed to attract, um, female creative entrepreneurs. And it's probably because I'm, I'm a woman, I was in creative and I'm now an entrepreneur. So I'm speaking to myself a couple of years ago, maybe. But um, yeah, so the women I work with, they're just incredible. There's um, film directors who are working on their first feature films, which is incredible. Um, one of the women I work with ha- is starting, well, has started her own film production company, but is taking that to the next level. Um, I've got graphic designers that are freelance, but are taking their business to the next level and seeing how that's going to expand beyond just them. And yeah, so, and an artist, I've got an artist who's amazing, who um, does these beautiful illustrations and she's really scaling at the moment too. And a lot of these women, it all comes, the, the, the issues that they face come down to the same thing. And it's the two things really, it's the self-worth of, am I actually good enough to achieve this? And do I deserve this? whatever that goal might be. And then the second thing is they're not actually believing it's possible in the first place. So perhaps they want to be the biggest X, Y, Z in the world, but they don't think that it's possible for them. So really my work is helping them to realize that they're already worthy of that success and they are already successful. And it's not something they have to achieve to effectively um, become whole. They are already whole. And then the other side of it is, well, you are deserving of that. massive success if that's what you want it if that's what your vision is go go fucking get it you know I'm literally that person that's going to push them to do it so that's kind of my client um and yeah and then I do have clients coming in that are in the wrong jobs as well and they're very much like me a couple years ago in a corporate job that doesn't fulfill them and perhaps they there's something attached to that job either a name which makes them feel worthy like a big brand or um or the money, of course, is such a big thing for people that why they don't change careers because it feels dangerous. But it's way more risky to not go after your dreams and wake up at 90 years old and look back and be like, holy shit, I've just wasted my entire life than it is to go all in. And then I think most people forget you can go back to that job. Maybe not that exact one, but if you, if you fail, if everything, if the worst thing happened, which it really doesn't, you can always go back to that job you hated. <laughs> so or a different version of it there's nothing really to to lose in my opinion yeah that's funny we say that a lot like the, there's money out there everywhere especially now with the internet yeah. there, there is money you know like if i have to bartend which and i shouldn't be anywhere near a bar but if i have to bartend or something <laughs> like i'm not going to starve you know that's the, the, the biggest fear is because we we're all kind of i know you guys are a little bit younger than me but we're all kind of in that little generational zone where our parents for sure you know, they went to they went to school, they went to university, whatever, and then they got locked into their job. 
they work for 30 years and they sit and yell at the TV after retirement. And then that's, that's just their thing. So it's, and that's probably goes back to a lot of, you know, what you were getting into at the beginning is we're all just programmed because we're just right, wrong or whatever. Uh, that's just the way they were raised and that's how they did things. And that's exactly what imprinted on us when we were little, you know, so it's, yeah, it's, it's exactly. a vicious cycle. What do you uh, do now um, for yourself? Because I imagine, you know, anything, um, uh, mindfulness and and anything mental health is always a work in progress. I don't think anybody's actually fixed. I don't think the Buddha is actually oh, <laughs> it was fixed. So, what is your just to kind of you know everything that you know now and everything that you help each, uh, other people with? Like, what does your daily routine look like in a nutshell? Like, what are, what are some of the things that you run into where you have, you catch yourself like kind of falling back into the old traps or like the negative mindset and all that? Yeah, I love this question because my routine has changed so much. It used to be getting up, smashing weights at the gym. And now it's completely different. It's I wake up and I do 10 minutes of yoga. Just And I don't do yoga to exercise. I do yoga to get present because for me, I've always been very much someone that lives inside my head. So I have to use the body to get present. It's hard for me to meditate. And I don't force clients to meditate either because it's really hard when you live in a digital world, um, even though it's amazing. And then at the end of the yoga session, I do a 10 minute visualization of the ideal, my ideal self, who I want to be. Um, so thinking about that bigger vision I have for myself and, and bringing myself into that state where I can envision in detail what she is doing, where she is working, how she's living. And then towards the end of that visualization, I envision my day ahead and how I can move towards that version of myself that day. So, for example, if I'm seeing myself as owning, so I really want to open um, some wellness studios in London, LA and New York. That's my vision. And to do that, you need to be extremely organized. I'm not an organized person, naturally. I'm, I need a business plan. I need to have those goals. So for me, it would be visualizing my day, being extremely hyper organized, looking up that studio space, even though I'm not ready for it yet. You know, just little things like that that are helping me step into that version of who I want to become. Um, and then I eat mainly like the, the day I feel my body, I drink shit tons of water, which I know everyone tells you you should do, but sometimes the simplest things are the things that we miss. Um, I try and eat mainly plant-based food with a bit of meat for energy. And I really just go about my day trying to consciously check in with myself. Is this, is this in line with the highest version that I have of myself. And I don't put pressure on myself to act like that all the time because that's impossible. But I just keep checking in daily. I used to use a timer on my Apple Watch where just every half an hour, I'd just be like, am I doing things that are benefiting me or making me feel worse in whatever way? And then the evening for me is very much a similar process. It's a visualization before bed. How did today go? Joe Dispenza does some great ones, but they're a bit intense for me sometimes. So I just do my own. And just reflecting on the day and how it's gone and then doing it again the next day. That's kind of a standard day for me. Yeah. How do you track that future ideal self in the sense that do you kind of, is it something that you review more formally on like a weekly to monthly basis on a longer term versus day to day? Or is it kind of a feeling and is it, are you going back to the same visualization all the time? Because you kind of feel like, I know, even if you can't, you wouldn't be able to draw it exactly if you were given, you know, 
brush and a, and a pad, but you, you, you know, it's kind of in your head. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, so both really, so from a visualization perspective, I try and keep visualization the same, um, which can get boring. So sometimes I switch it up. Obviously we don't want it to become so boring. You stop to take notice of it. I'll notice the same woman dressed in the same kind of way. And maybe I'd be in my LA studio. Maybe I'd be writing my book. Maybe I'd be doing whatever the goals I have, but it's always the same kind of vision of the things I want to achieve. And then I do set very, so for me, there's no point in visualizing or retraining your brain if you don't have aligned action. Aligned action means that I take a step towards that physically in the, (laughs) in the real world every day. So I will have, I'd like to work in 90 day stints. So 90 days to me is a a long enough time for you to achieve something that's substantial towards your goals without it becoming so much pressure. I don't really like the daily, you know, you've got to do this daily, weekly. I think it's much more valuable to look at your year over the quarter. So I'll set quarterly goals and I'll kind of work backwards from those, but I'm not the kind of person that will in detail, write every single little detail down. I'll have my North Star. I'll constantly go back to that every day. Like, what am I aiming for within this quarter? And so for me, it's a financial goal this year. It's by the end of the year to earn a certain amount um, with my coaching, which is going really well. But all I'm all of my all my eyes are on is this one goal for this quarter. I'm not trying to split my focus on 12 different things. Three months ago, it was to eat so many more fr- fruits and vegetables because I would be very consistent and inconsistent. And for me, it's much more um, powerful for you to focus on one thing at a time, get it, and then go to the next thing, rather than trying to change your work goals, your relationship goals, your food goals, your wellness goals, and doing everything once. And often I find that by setting the one goal, a lot of the stuff falls into place anyway that you wanted to do. So by having this financial goal, I've naturally become organized. I've naturally, you know, drinking more water because I'm trying to stay on top of things it kind of just falls into place a lot of the time as well so yeah love it yeah it's funny uh you mentioned Joe Dispenza because my the big turning point was I read uh what's it called uh breaking the habit of being yourself or something like that oh yeah that's a great book yeah that was one of the I I listened to it in audio in my car on a long drive and I was like holy shit like I'm I'm doing I'm doing life wrong you know which (laughs) still am a little bit but yeah, it's very important though. Like it, it, we talk about habits sometimes and it's like, gosh, you don't, you don't have to like try to do everything. It's like, um, uh, that James clear, uh, one of the stories he tells oh, yeah. is, uh, the guy who wanted to work out and lose weight, but he couldn't, he couldn't build the habit of going to the gym. So he would get up first, the first week he would just set his alarm and he would shut his alarm off, go back to sleep. The second week he would get dressed and go to his car Then he would go back to fucking bed the third yeah. week he would go to the gym and like open the door, but then walk right back out again, you know, and, and that's a yeah. little bit of an extreme example, but really that's, that's the overwhelming part. And, and recently I fall into this, or at least I do all the time where we have all these thoughts, like got to accomplish all this shit. And you're right. If you just say, Hey, we're going to record four episodes next month. The next thing you know, everything else kind of falls into place. So that's, that's super important. And we don't always take our own yeah. advice, but again, that's, that's where being mindful, I guess, and taking a pause. I do like the idea of setting an alarm to do it because you wouldn't think you would have to, yeah. but we totally have to like human beings, oh, like even after this conversation now, if I'm like, I really like everything Connie said, I'm going to go uh, stare at some birds later and not think oh, it's I'm fun. not going to do it's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do that. So that's awesome. I really like yeah. that. Yeah. I have to do that myself. Yeah. 
I actually think that is probably one of the most powerful tools you can do if you want to retrain your brain is setting an alarm and just having every, and it doesn't have to be to catch everything, every thought, but just setting alarm for every 30 minutes, just for a week or two. It doesn't even, you don't even have to challenge yourself to do it all the time. You get so much insight about the stuff that you do. I found that I was, it, it would be things like when I was cooking and I was so, it, I thought, oh, I'm just cooking. There's nothing wrong with the way I'm cooking. And I, I, my alarm would go off and I'd realized that I had, I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just subconsciously cooking and not and thinking about you know, oh God, is this going to work out for me? Is this, am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? That alarm going off took me out of that space and not present back into the cooking, but present into, okay, I don't need to worry about that right now. That hasn't happened. You know, I've got my North Star, I'm facing it. Let's carry on. Okay, back to the cooking. Because you don't realize how much negative shit goes through your mind when you think you're present, but you're not. And for me with my clients, again, I don't say, I'm not trying to get them from this kind of space where you're digitally connected 24 7 to being completely zen and and looking at the carrot when you're chopping it and seeing the carrot in detail <laughs> that's not my bag I'm not I don't feel that's realistic for the age that we live in for me it's more about bringing the brain back to what's positive and what's going right and that effectively calms the nervous system and then you become more present naturally you don't have to learn to be present it just happens because you're in a more positive state of being and that for me is the easier route than trying to force yourself to meditate every day when you don't like you're not really enjoying your life because things aren't going your way so mm -hmm. yeah yeah, Sounds very adaptive. yeah that uh the voice in, <laughs> in the human mind isn't like some peaceful person like there's a there's a maniac in here always <laughs> yeah. trying to get me to think about because because quite honestly that the past is just a memory that's popping up in my head right now and what i'm worried about doing an hour from now is just a memory like we're just right here right now and it's yeah. super hard to like you could do it all day and you still can't get to the point where you're focused on exactly what you're doing yeah. all, all we're doing is worry about all the dumb shit we did yesterday or 10 minutes ago and then everything i have to do after this moment it's super hard to get back into that i found recently yeah. that um like how do you look at content because recently i've been kind of kicking around the idea he's better at it than i am where like i used to like go for walks and i would listen to a podcast or an audiobook thinking i need to learn something while i'm walking i need to have whatever and i just recently started not listening to anything not even music sometimes when i'm just mm -hmm. walking like how do you how do you consume content yeah, I, I love that question. I think for me, it kind of comes back down to rather than what are you, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? So for me, I would go on a walk and I would listen to a podcast too, but I wasn't listening to it to relax. I was listening to it because I felt I needed to be productive with my time and I needed to squeeze another thing into my day and learn. And that is not the reason you do it, right? You're laughing because I feel like you resonate. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so for me, it's not going. It's not really asking, you know, what you're doing because I think you totally. I disagree with people that say you have to do one thing at a time all the time. I don't believe that's the world we live in. I don't think that's realistic. But I think what is the reason that you're doing it? So if you are on a long car journey and you want to listen to some podcasts and enjoy it and learn at the same time, and it's not really, you know, how mindful can you be driving? I mean, yeah, okay, it's you can be mindful, but that's to me is enjoyable and there's no pressure there. I'm not listening to it to get better at something. But if I'm going for a walk, sometimes I feel the need to squeeze in a podcast because I feel like I haven't done enough that day and I should be learning more, then that's the same situation, but completely different reason for me doing it. 
So I consume content in a way, I just question myself, like, why am I doing this? If, if I'm on the computer at 10 o'clock at night and I'm applying to some, well, I'm, let's say I'm creating some content because I'm really inspired and I've just got this rush of great ideas coming through me and I'm so excited. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that that's great. You know, it's when you're on the computer at 10 o'clock and you're listening to a podcast because you feel like you need to be productive. You're finishing an email because you feel like your boss is or your client's going to get angry at you. And actually, you should have just left it till tomorrow. That to me is unhealthy. So, yeah, it goes back to the why for me. And there's also an element of what podcasts you listen to. And I fall into the trap yes. of constantly listening to the fucking improvement podcast and it's uh, like yeah it's only so like <laughs> because it is it's not always although maybe subconsciously it is but it doesn't i don't necessarily always think oh it's because i i want to be better be better be better it's also genuinely just interesting like totally. lee and i love the human oh and i think we had a chat about human podcast like it's all interesting stuff yes a lot of it's geared towards how to get more motivated how to use more discipline you uh use less rely on willpower less etc like mm. it's all it is all kind of like very type a stuff um <laughs> So it's hard. To, it, it's it's the content choice as well. And if I try and think back to the last time I listened to a non-improvement podcast, like over a year yeah. maybe. Um, yeah. And in fact, a friend, a friend. There's two guys, uh, shits and gigs. I think it is, which is uh, <laughs> two London guys. Do you the know what it British is? thing? Have I you? don't know, but it sounds. It's two hilarious. London guys, and they're so <laughs> fucking funny. Um, they obviously are very well. They, they seem like very close mates. They vibe off each other really well. Um, it's very like modern day, and they kind of just they like read out tweets and stuff like that um, and share stories. Yeah. Um, friend recently just re reintroduced that to my life, and I realized like it's so nice to just listen to one that's just funny. Like there's no yeah. improvement to it, and and I think yeah. what Lee was saying at the start, I was like being good with content literally done the same thing two weeks ago not listening to any podcasts at the moment but now i might be like well actually i'll listen to a few podcasts but they're not going to be improvement like they're going to be comedy mm. or something you know i love that and i think that again it's yeah i think i think that's so true and i think we can really get caught especially in the self-improvement business wellness space it's very easy to think that just because you're enjoying it means that it's it's health really healthy and actually sometimes you forget that i think people forget how to have fun these days you know we're yeah. so serious we're so serious <laughs> and i think that's another great you know a really good point you brought up because i i found myself doing the same a lot because i really enjoy this space of you know brain rewiring of self-development i'm obsessed with it and that's great to an extent but i have to remind myself to actually put things down and have fun as well and actually listen read a novel because i'm i just read books that are basically sciencey or uh, anything self-development as well and i have to remind myself to read a novel or to to go out and enjoy myself and that sounds crazy but just you know aside of socializing with friends and stuff are you actually consuming creative content that is just for mm. fun or and another thing that's really powerful about doing that is that your brain is not really taking in what you're saying if you're not in a relaxed and parasympathetic state which is the learning state if you're if you're constantly on the go constantly running on adrenaline or constantly you know the next self-help thing the next self-help thing 
you're not in a state where the brain can actually process and learn anyway because it's in more of that survival state of like i need to do more i need to do more so one way of looking at it is that by allowing yourself to relax and enjoy and and have fun and laugh it's just such a powerful powerful thing for the brain laughter is the best medicine as people say then you're actually putting your brain to a more receptive state to learn anyway. And you're going to retain that information because I cannot tell you the amount of books I used to read and I can't tell you what they said. <laughs> People will say to me, did you read this book on X, Y, Z, this self-development book? I'm like, yeah, I loved it. What was your favorite part? I don't actually remember, <laughs> don't actually remember what was in it <laughs> yeah. because you, you're, you know, you're taking in so much information. Your brain can't actually, um, di- you know, manage it all and, and make it a long-term memory. So I think that, what you said is really powerful and making sure that you, you know, have the enjoyment side and, and the fun side as well. Yeah, it really goes against like every human instinct. Like uh, if I want to have, if we want to get more done, I need to do more in my day. And it's only recently, or I've, I've been working on something and I'm just, it's not clicking. It's late at night. Like you were saying, if I'm up doing something, I'm trying to think. And every single time I put that damn thing down in the morning, everything just flows out of me. Everything I needed was already yeah. there. I either needed to sleep on it or go do something else, but it's so hard. It's just so tough to, yeah. you know, keep reminding yourself to do that though. Oh, it's ridiculous. It is. It is. I think that the first, the most powerful part of your day to, I mean, I'm kind of going against what I'm saying of work until 10 o'clock if you feel creative, mm-hmm. but that's okay. But I think the last 15, 20 minutes is the most important part of your day in the first 20 minutes of your day. Cause when your brain's in that beta state, sorry, that alpha state, then you are in a slower brainwave state and that's what it's the most influenced. So if you can avoid doing things that are going to in any way bring your adrenaline up in that time and actually calm the body down instead, that's a really nice way to get more used to that energy state. Because some people wake up in the morning and they do a HIIT workout, you know, 10, 10 minutes after they've woken up and your cortisol levels are so high at that point. It's much better to bring yourself down before you do the kind of up stuff <laughs> yeah, or even even just something as, as simple as like not popping the phone open first thing well, that's it. Which exactly I, I have a bad habit of doing that and, and i know i know i don't know why i know what i'm in for every time it's gonna be some stupid <laughs> slack message or something and and it and it really does like i've noticed it now i'm like this morning i opened my phone up we got some emails and some slack messages and it did it did mess with my I was just anxious all morning, you know. I think it's so normal, though. You know, the world we live in, it's, it's hard. We, we're so hard on ourselves for being that way. And I think the biggest step towards moving through a habit like that is A, to recognize it, which, you know, is half the battle. And then B, to actually have self-compassion with yourself and realize that it's actually normal. For It, it shouldn't be, but it's okay. And that can help you move through it. Because a lot of the time we berate ourselves for, like, why did we do that again? But it makes sense. We live yeah. in a digital world you know so yeah our brains are not uh these i don't know what what are, what are our brains like two hundred thousand years old now from the last iteration of our species and oh, it's only gosh. been the last what i had a <laughs> cell phone in 96 when i was 16 I, I had my first little cell phone uh but we didn't have them in our pockets until like early 2000s where we all had them you know so we're not like we're not programmed for any of this at all Curse, uh, isn't it <laughs> it is it really is like i'm connected that's a problem we're connected to everybody we see things we see news stories and terrible events that back in the day we would only read about in our local newspaper now we're like mm-hmm. something terrible happens in london today i'm you know really far from there but i'll know about it you know it's it's written um as we draw towards the end um i wanted to know so you talk about goals 
um, within the quarter context, 90 days yes. context makes, makes a ton of sense. Um, and you talked about your North Star. Um, would you care to share what that North Star is with the audience? Yeah, so actually, I won't say the exact figure. So I have a thing with my North Star, and I don't tell people that what it exactly is. So I actually posted a post on Instagram the other day that said, I've made a big investment in my business, and I'll circle back on this in two months and tell you guys what it is. And I'm going to show you the power of brain rewiring and embodiment. But for me, because it's one of those, it almost feels like sometimes, I don't, everyone's different, but for me, if I share it, it becomes less exciting somehow. I kind of want to prove it to myself and behind the scenes and then share the work rather than share it publicly. But yeah, mine, mine was a finan- financial goal, which I will circle back on and, and share with you guys in, in two months' time because I've already posted about it. So I'm, I have to. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, it's a, it's a certain financial goal by the end of 2023, basically, which I know I'll reach. So Got it. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, is there a, even though you're working on these 90 day increments, is there like a, is there like a big North star, like long-term or is it like, it is literally oh, yeah, 90 I can tell days. You that, Cause I've already yeah, shared that. So. Awesome. <laughs> I, I shouldn't have, but cause I normally don't, but um, I, I, sh- <laughs> I shared that like a year ago. So yeah. So my, my vision for my North star is really to have um, Haze, which is the name of my brand to have stores, studio spaces all in one in London, New York, and LA. I want to release a book around, from being being from burnt out to discovering your sole purpose. I want to speak in every corner of the world about finding your true passion and rewiring your brain to believe it's possible. And yeah, that's my that's my big life dream is to have spaces in those three locations that people can come to and effectively not only come back down into the body, but also to rewire their brains to believe that whatever they want is possible. And I want to help people... Cr- believe that they can create their own reality whatever that is so not not a smaller goal but i'm gonna i'm i'm sure i'm gonna do it so <laughs> i've rewired well, my brain to think i can so yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> watch, this face. watch this space <laughs> i love it mega mega exciting um thank, thank you. you thank you for sharing um and definitely definitely yeah excited to see it the progress over the next couple of years um and when the space is open when not if We'll have yeah, exactly. to, um, both of us will Perfect. have to turn up and have a look. You will be invited yeah. to my London yeah. store opening. That's for sure. Fantastic. <laughs> I need the help. I always need the help. So with all, yeah. uh, with all that in well, mind, I guess can... it will be us for you. Yeah. Well, I'll fly over I guess there. It'll be New-, yeah. New York. <laughs> yeah. I'll go to New York. We've, New York's not we've my still studio. not met. We have yeah. still not no met. Way. In yeah. Yeah. I'm, I might not How be did real. How you guys meet then? AI, I'm AI generated. You... I'm not even. AI. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't. Yeah. That scares me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Imagine if Lee turned out not to be real this whole time, and I've just like, like created if, an AI. If, if I'm going to make it an AI generated version, I better look better than this, you know. With, like, <laughs> but like, hair's not thinning, red face, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, we we met in the no, uh, copywriting great. group. Yeah, thank you. That's great. Oh, got it. Well, got it. Wait till the wait till the four K version comes out of this, and it, it won't be so yeah. flattering. <laughs> but I appreciate you saying that. So, yeah, uh, no, we uh, met in the copywriting group, and uh, we've been. I don't know. This is a t- episode twenty two or twenty three. So we're plugging wow. right along. So yeah. Well, I've awesome, been but... honored to be in the guest. So thank you for having me. Yeah, appreciate thank you. you. Appreciate so you coming much. on. 
Um, just real quick for anybody who's listening, uh, is where can everybody find you? Well, obviously, we'll link your information in the notes and everything like that, but you just want to reiterate your uh, connections and business and everything? Yeah, sure. So you can find my wellness store as um, hayze-wellness.com, and then the clinic is hayzewellness.clinic, same address. And then you can find me on Instagram at Connie Hollier. So Connie.Hollier, but they'll be in the show notes, I'm sure. So Absolutely. I won't try and spell my name out because people <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Connie, what? Yeah, no worries. Awesome. Well, it's always good to check in with you again here in a, a month or so. Uh, thanks for coming on again and, and to be continued. I love that. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Awesome.